Yes, so hello everyone. Uh, my name is Tundival Gatkins and we are here in the Center for Innovation in Education talking about remote teaching with four guests. And it's very metafictional because we're trying to also remote this remotely, obviously in the current circumstances. So perhaps can I ask uh, my guest to introduce yourself, what subject you form, perhaps summarize your re remote teaching situation in as much or as little detail as, as you want and then also um, perhaps about the kind of teaching that you normally do. So can we start with Anna perhaps because you're on my screen first. Okay hi I'm Anna O'Connor. Uh, I teach in the School of Health Sciences. I teach orthotics. Uh, in Liverpool terms that's gauzy eyes. So um, we, we use a lot of online teaching anyway. We've been sort of move, making a big move towards the sort of flipped classroom approach, trying to really reduce and minimise any sort of didactic lectures. They're predominantly online anyway. Um, so the biggest challenges is, has been things like uh, the tutorials and the support sessions and the understanding side of things in the way that we teach. And that that's sort of been... Um, uh, you know, our biggest challenge recently, we've had to make some changes in terms of the exams. We can't do practicals. You know, obviously, testing eyes, you need to be able to do the test and have the equipment. And so there's been some quite sort of fundamental changes in that respect. And we've had to look at rolling things over for the following academic year. So there has been sort of pretty substantial changes mm. being made. Mm -hmm. So these sounds quite, yeah, quite drastic and quite important changes. So can we come back to these a moment? So hold that thought, Anna, and then just let me uh, turn to introducing Diana, and then we will start a discussion around what it has meant for you all, this uh, change to remote teaching. Uh, hello, uh, I'm Diana Jeter. I'm an historian. I specialise in African history. Um, but uh, I'm also the Associate Dean for Education in the School of um, histories, languages and cultures. So I've got an overview really of the challenges that are taking place across a very wide range of teaching. And I think for me one of the biggest challenges uh, for my first year teaching uh, is that I like lectures to be event lecturing. You know it's not, it, it, it's, it's an occasion, it's a presentation, it's a performance. Uh, and you lose all of that uh, when you move to online um, and or a lot of that when you move to online, um, which then raises the question, well, what are lectures for? And I think that's a very useful conversation to have. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent point as well. And it's I, I thought that might come up, Diana. So thank you. We will just introduce our third guest, Stuart. You are next on my uh, screen and then we will come back to those really interesting points. Yes, I'm Stuart Wilkes Haig. I'm in the Department of Politics. Um, in politics, I mean, it would be quite sort of normal for other subjects in the humanities and social sciences. Traditionally, we teach with a lot of you know, lectures and seminars where students have done the reading, they take part and so on. But I mean, in recent years, we have um, diversified our teaching a lot and our curriculum a lot. So we have things like placement modules, for example, and I run, for example, a, a module in radio broadcasting where we literally make radio programmes week in, week out, for which we would normally need a radio studio. We can come back to that later. Um, and I also teach a big first year module in British politics, 200 students. 
quite a different challenge to my third year broadcasting module, which has 13 students, quite tight knit. We all know each other well. First year module, all the students are, are new, lots of them, lots of GTAs teaching the seminars and so on. So yeah, we've got a big kind of spectrum with different mm -hmm. challenges on different modules. Great, thank you. Again, just links, points that you can link to to Anna as well and Diana, what you mentioned, so we can come back to that as well. So let me introduce our uh, final guest, James. Hi, my name is James Gaynor. I'm from the Department of Chemistry in the School of Physical Sciences. Um, I predominantly teach um, this semester organic chemistry, some for chemistry students, our first years, and some as a service option for pharmacology students. Um, but I also have another role as year one coordinator. Um, so I've been quite involved in discussions around how we switch from a relatively high contact hours in terms of lectures and active learning sessions um, and how we switch them um, online. Um, so I'm quite involved in those, even though for me personally, this kind of, this occurred at the um, best time for me in terms of I deliver, I'd already delivered most of my material um, conveniently um, throughout the year, but I'm helping a lot of colleagues trying to and try to adapt to this, this, this situation and, and to teach online. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So one of the things that I, I set you as a pre-task, and perhaps this could be the way to bring back these points that you started introducing, is to perhaps think about an, an object of art or um, a musical piece or anything really. It can be a chemical compound, uh, whatever you when you see. So just anything, because one of the questions we wanted to really delve into is how is this remote teaching going for you as the educator? So this is really exactly from your perspective, and we will talk about the students in the next podcast. So how how have you found it? How is it going for you? And if you can relate it to, to the, some of those issues that you have already started unpicking and perhaps examining it from a slightly different angle, how, how would you describe it? Well, I, I thought this was an interesting question um, and it, because it's asking you how things feel, um, which I think is just as important as what we think about things. And I was thinking, for me, normal teaching, although whether anything will ever go back to what we used to call normal is a, is a moot, but but the, the way that we used to teach was was kind of, it was like an early Beatles pop song. It's, it's kind of, it's comfortable, uh, it's structured, we know where it's going, everything falls into place. It's, it's, all, it's, it's all simple, pleasant, structured, and jogs along nicely. Um, and now I feel it's all gone a bit beef hard. Um, and so there is a structure, um, but uh, nobody's really paying a lot of attention to the structure. So it's there underneath everything, but but around it, there's something that, that feels very uncontrolled, very chaotic, and, and a lot of people going off on their own thing and just trying to see what it's like, and then maybe coming back to the structure in ways that are quite unexpected. Mm -hmm. Any reactions? Similarities? Well, I, I mean, I um, I, I went for music as well. I mean, anybody who knows me knows that I need no excuse to make a themed play playlist on Spotify, and I've actually made a, a quarantine playlist, which has a song for every kind of emotion that you might feel during lockdown. So, you know, it starts with Isolation by John Lennon. It's got Ghost Town by The Specials and so on. Uh, but in terms of the experience of um, 
online teaching for me um i hope this doesn't sound too pretentious um it's like the jacques brel song je me quitte uh, ne me quitte pas um uh, in english uh, translated usually as if you go away and covered by various artists and what you've got in that song is this kind of arc of emotion that goes up and down up and down all the time and, uh, in, and at times absolutely desperate when he feels like his love is going to leave him and then the hope kind of comes in again and the music becomes slightly more optimistic and it does feel like that but I hope it's better than that Jacques Brel song actually because clearly at the end of that um, his lover is going to leave him no matter what he offers and I do think there is hope in this situation after all. So what were your hope and the down moments then so far? Um, well, I think, you know, it, it is very challenging, right? Um, so we we are adapting sort of on the fly and everybody is. So it's not just us doing the teaching. It's everybody in the administration and, and so on. The situation's changing very fast. So what seems feasible at one moment isn't feasible later on. So sometimes just when you think you've worked out how, you know, in my case, you're going to deliver this big first year module to 200 students. You know, you find actually things have moved on and the approach has changed institutionally. So actually what you're going to do isn't going to work anymore and you need to start again. Um, and then you have these amazing up moments. So we'll come on to it. But my my broadcasting students have decided that the lack of a radio studio is no problem whatsoever. They've carried on making radio broadcasts uh, via Skype and they've just become more ambitious, actually. So uh, so yesterday they interviewed Alistair Campbell um, and put <laughs> put that out on Spotify and on SoundCloud and on YouTube and it's a one of a series of, of uh, interviews they're doing with very high profile guests so for them you know they've you know they've taken this as a great opportunity to do amazing things. Mm -hmm. That sounds amazing indeed yeah I mean Anna have you got any thoughts because you talked about a similar thing where where your student you know the fact that they can't go into um but yeah, sorry, it's it's more about how it's yeah. been for you. Oh, uh, well, yeah. you were talking about that song with the highs and the lows. I was thinking more about going to the amusement park, thinking about a roller coaster ride, right. really, instead of, you know, there are highs, and there, but there are some scary times as well. And like, we need to get something sorted and are our students going to be you know, able to graduate and go and work in the NHS? How are we going to make sure that we can... Uh, that they are fit for purpose and that they are um, so a lot of it's sort of surrounding the exams so the some of the highs those things like the third years have been really engaged with one of the, some of the online um, teaching elements and been, it's been really nice to see that and then some of the lows it's it's kind of well I was thinking about the art example it, like the Edward Munch the scream when the the IT technology when it doesn't work yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, yesterday um, I wanted to record a, an e-lecture. I thought, I'll just do it, use Stream, just sort it. Yeah, I've got a university laptop, but then Stream wasn't working. So I was like, oh. one on CSD, looked at their alternative software. So I downloaded that. So then I had to get admin rights, then I had to download that. So what should have been a relatively short job turned into quite a big job using new technology that I'm not familiar with, couldn't then edit it. And then and it just, yeah. Mm hmm so, I get you, I get you. And people are nodding, probably the audio won't listen to this, but there's big nodding and uh, empathy going on in the background for you here. Yes. Yeah, and I think it's because of the frustrations of how we feel that you know, we've got, well, I personally, I've got young children, so I'm trying to juggle things 
with my husband who also working from home. So we're trying to say, well, you've got that time, I've got that time. So I've got a, a defined period of time to get things done. So if the technology or, or you know, it isn't working, that can be a real frustration and, and a real barrier. Um, so that, that can be a, yeah, a challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think James, you're nodding as well there. Uh, absolutely, I could follow on from Anna directly. My I keep muting my mic because my children are behind me in the, in the corridor. Um, yeah, my wife's working full time too. So for me, the, I, I have a very defined structure now. Um, it's very variable um, that we try and alternate when we're available so we both fit with our jobs um, and try and prioritise when I have my teaching time. Um, but for me, it's, it's quite structured. It's just a very different structure. Um, so I, I've not minded that side of it really too much. Um, for me, I, I'm I'm finding the trying to think of the the link to music or whatnot. I was trying to think about this um, earlier. For me, it feels like I, I try to engage with new technologies when whenever I, I I've been able to. Um, not as fast as some colleagues, but faster than others. And um, what this essentially has been like, it's like November and December on the radio, where we get Christmas forced Christmas songs forced down our throats for two months. People are being forced to do things they would never have done. And I see optimism for the future um, in terms of not everything that we do, um, what we're doing now can be done for everything in the future. Um, but there's certainly things like teams um, where we could, um, it could, certain things will be brought into our mainstream teach teaching. So I see optimism in this. So I'm, I'm trying to do lots of different new things because I'm being forced to. Um, and my some of my colleagues are being forced to who never would have done this. So I'm seeing optimism in, in this um, and just trying to adapt our teaching. Because let's face it, our courses weren't designed for online. We're not an online delivery university. So um, we need to think ahead about what we can do for 2020, 2021. If we need to, if we need to do some remote teaching um, in more for a longer period of time than we thought. So I'm optimistic, um, but it feels a bit like Christmas being forced to listen to certain things all the time on the radio. My music's not very eclectic. I put on, I just listen to the radio the whole time. <laughs> a brilliant analogy. Thanks, James. That's and then Diana wants to come into that. And well, and this this might be part of going forward, but but following on from that with what James has been saying and how people are forced into this, um, and and the opportunities that that um, that offers. A lot of what people have needed immediately, talking about Anna's roller coaster, has just been training in how to use the technology, and there's been a, a lot of emphasis on that. But as somebody who has done a lot of online teaching for the Open University, what's very clear to me is that it actually requires a different pedagogy. And we haven't yet in this university really had the opportunity to have that conversation um, because we've been too busy just trying to get people up to speed for how to use technologies. But without a conversation about the, the, the pedagogic benefits of using technologies and how to actually teach in completely different ways using those technologies then just knowing how to use it doesn't doesn't help because if you're if you're trying to do what you've always done but just do it online that's not going to work and so you might know how to use teams but that's a different thing from knowing how to teach online yeah and i think you said something really interesting earlier diana which i wanted to 
come back to is about the lecturing and the performance and the presentation experience. So I'm, I'm what I was getting with that, that there are some moments in in your life as educator that you perhaps can't replicate in in a technological and perhaps this has, as James said, that has also given opportunities to people when to try out where those things are uh, possible and and so I I guess I'm trying to turn this now into a question of what were, were these moments for you taking back that uh, forward the argument of where have have you found that um, you it crystallized to you more perhaps the points where you really can't do without being together with the students and then what were the things that perhaps you found well actually I could make it work this way. So any thoughts on that, perhaps? Well, we were already in the process of translating a lot of our stuff into e-lectures, which would then support with tutorials. So it's kind of forced us to speed that process up a bit. So we've got a bank of resources. And now um, I think it was James who was saying about sort of trying new technologies, at least trying to see what works, what helps the students learn, what they engage with, what yeah, there's lots of these questions that we're sort of just having to, you know, suck it and see, try and have a go and, and all, you know, keep asking the students as well, you know, you know, how, how is this working? What, you know, but making sure that we're, we're ensuring that they understand the materials in town for the assessments, which are not far off. So there's a lot of things going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. I think we are coming to the end of, of talking about your experience as the educators and in the next podcast we will uncover, um, you know, what it's, how it's well it's working for students and, and how we might go from here. But is there any final words or final thoughts uh, you wanted to pick up on in terms of how has it been for you and for your colleagues or a summary that stood out from this conversation? Uh, Sorry, there, was a, there was a lot of discussion at the start about the need to support uh, students and students' sense of um, being out of control and being scared. And we perhaps didn't pay enough attention to how many staff members were entirely unfamiliar with any kind of distance learning and how scary it was for them. Uh, I think the university did catch up on that, but I think it, it took it sort of a little bit longer than it should have done, um, which, you know, we were all making it up as we went along. I'm not criticising the university, but I, I think um, quite a few members of staff disengaged quite profoundly because they needed to for their own mental health. And so we lost some valuable time. Um, I think we're getting back on top now, um, and I, I think there is things are settling down. As I go back to my 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 beef heart analogy, there's a kind of renewed sense of what the underlying beat is, the underlying structure is. We're beginning to see it again, um, but we did have a period of of quite extreme chaos, I think, and, and fear, which links again with Anna's um, roller coaster right at the start. That it it. In retrospect, it would have been nice if that had been more acknowledged, but quite rightly, perhaps we were focusing more on the students at that point. I think I'd quite like to get off the roller coaster at some point, though. Maybe go onto the horses that go round and round. <laughs> that nice and calm, just little bits up and down. Yeah, that, that would suit me. If I could just add one thing as well, we haven't mentioned. I think it's important to recognise that Liverpool, like most universities, also went into this transition 
on the back of a very long period of industrial action. So actually a lot of students, I mean, they only had four or five weeks teaching. Um, and we were in that period of industrial action, then we suddenly had to move immediately when that ended to this radically new form of teaching at the drop of a hat. I mean, I think in retrospect, you know, in some ways, it, it turned out to be a good thing. We didn't have lots of people on campus during that period in terms of preventing the spread of, of, of the virus. But in terms of um, our transition to online learning, online teaching, online assessment, again, it really added to the, the challenge um, because, you know, we, we taught so little and we were not in a great place already in terms of what we covered in, in many of our modules. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. Yeah that it's it's i mean you couldn't imagine a more perfect in in the bad sense of it the perfect storm comes to mind you know it's yeah okay great i mean i think the Diana, your point about the well-being of, of staff and and i think we have found that as well and coming back to what uh, Stuart you said about the spotify uh playlist you know that there, there's lots of things that we our department has helped i don't know if you have done things within your departments but trying to keep morale and uh, meet and just you know just exchange silly things that we can help each other and and just tell people to switch off uh, from technology as well so i think those things are so important these these times as as, as well but thank you very much for um your contributions uh, and um and i think we will say goodbye and uh, Hopefully you will hear us next in our next podcast on how is it all going for students. Thank you.